yesterday's price is not today's price. I never knew there was a love like this before. podcast in the world source conversations season five episode five we want to thank everybody for joining in on the live stream we live on youtube we live on twitch we live on our facebook page so thank you for joining in today and if you're not watching the live video if you listen to the audio we appreciate you for listening when you're at work where you're in the car where you just clean up the house or whatever we appreciate you for listening to uh this podcast and um i gotta pay some bills so let's get right to it uh shout out to our sponsors holistic remedies Make sure you go and actually support black and owned company and everything. And uh, also, when you get to the, the checkout, use the promo code HR Meat Saucy, okay? HR Meat Saucy, you get 10% off, all right, at checkout. And also, shout out to our other sponsor, which is Click A Vodka, okay? Now, let me say something right now. Let me say something right now, okay? I, I warn y'all about this liquor, okay? Yes, it's good. It's nice and smooth, but it sneaks up on you. I've been telling y'all this for years. But y'all want to hit me up on the email, the DM, saying why you didn't warn us about this. Look, I warned you. So I'm warning you now and again. Yes, this liquor is so good. This vodka is so good. It's nice and smooth. It's, it's very good on, on ice and everything. But listen, this stuff will sneak up on you. You have to call a cab after you finish drinking this, okay? So take your time. You know, Mix it up with some, some good lemonade or whatever like that. But take it slow. Okay, shout out to Click A Vodka, been rocking with us since day one of this podcast. Shout out to my co hosts Dad, Bernice, Mac, to the whole Saucy family. We appreciate you. Um, gonna hold it down for you. Um, but let's get right into it, man. I got a special guest in the house. I've been knowing this brilliant, beautiful queen since 2015, since I came into the, the MEA family. Yes. I had uh, seen her grow. She has seen me grow. I'm so proud of her and her accomplishments, man. Yeah. She does everything. She's a, uh, she works for the MEAC Social Responsibility Program Manager. And even not doing work with MEA, she's always active. She always, you know, on the front line trying to make a change in our world today. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome to Social Conversations, 
the only, the real Emma Scott. Aw, thank you, Jay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show, my queen. What a, doing? what a kind introduction. Thank you. Oh, you deserve it. You deserve it. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. When you said 2015, we've, oh, we're old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> NBA years for old. In that long? <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and we've got a lot to pack up in this hour. Um, so let, let me just start with this. How are you doing? How how was your day? You know, talk talk to me. How how you doing? Yeah, wow. Um I appreciate you asking. The day my day is going fine. I um got back from work not too long ago. You know, I live in New Jersey, got to get up to New York. So that is always a, a trek, just getting up into the office. But um, work was good. You know, we have the elections coming up and everybody go vote. Please make sure you vote um, ahead of Election Day next Tuesday. But I do work on all of our election efforts at work. And so. That means I am very busy right now. So all great things um, and always just really blessed to especially be able to advocate for people to exercise their civic duty to vote. So grateful for that. Um, but yeah, the day's good. I, I just finished teaching Bible study. So <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. So many hats you wear. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, that, that was a really nice way. Um, well, this is the best way to end the day, but that was a nice, that was also a nice way, uh, to go into my evening, just teaching Bible study today and and being with folks. So I'm feeling okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm low tired, but I am blessed and we're here. Um, you know, I have been feeling a little heavy, especially, um, after the news with takeoff, yesterday absolutely um sad, sad, sad. which i i feel like you probably would have gotten into or maybe maybe no i didn't really have a chance to uh address it yet no I, yeah my other podcasts we would just you know it's a sports podcast so we just rather it was like going into it and stuff like that going at it yeah. it's more like a debate show so i didn't really we didn't really have time to get into it so we Okay. Um, in our debates, but we could take time out. No, <laughs> right now, you know, if if you want to say something about it. Yeah, I just, I mean, to your point, you know, I'm, I'm this is my long way of answering your question, but you asked how I'm doing, and I, I, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention one how I'm feeling just in terms of seeing another black person, a young black person, um, dead and and murdered. It's, it's tiresome. And I have a feeling that, um, I'm, I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of our peers and, um, you know, folks in our community are are probably also feeling tired and, uh, obviously grieving, but it's just like, it's draining. And so just finding the balance between sitting with those feelings and, you know, not growing numb, right, to seeing and, and, and dealing with another death. But then also you have to balance it with, like, we still have responsibilities and, like, life has to go on. So just torn between those those feelings. Absolutely. I actually uh, feel the same way. I, I wasn't – I'm not really too familiar with Migos' music. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of an old head. It's not my era. I'm kind of like 90s, you know, 96, mid 90s, early 2000s. Yes, type of yes, guy. yes. I'm a yes, type of guy. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that era. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I do pay attention to, you know, the, the new rappers and stuff like that, this this new wave. And, you know, yeah. I, I know the Mingos. They've been in there for 10 plus years. They got a lot of hits and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, it, it's just, um, it's a, a very uncomfortable feeling. Uh, especially the way of uh, the circumstances that, that we learned that actually happened over a dice game. Uh, we heard a lot of stories like that, especially, I mean, come from the Bronx, a lot of deaths over dice games. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, mm. uh, we just have to do better um, yeah. as a community and actually um, look towards uh, education and stuff like that to get a deeper understanding of who we are as a people. And once we do that and come to the knowledge of ourselves, we actually would be on one accord and start acting right be on one accord mm. yeah that's the word right there be on one accord that's the yes and once we do that then you see uh the blessings from the most high actually yeah. giving back to us and actually give us the the power and, and the structure to actually get back what we used to be on exactly. Earth. exactly a hundred percent um I agree with that. How are you feeling today? I'm doing good. You know, I'm blessing highly flavored. You know, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. You know, I'm, I'm just actually in a great space right now. I'm, I got a lot of projects going on. As you know, I got the network coming up. So we're actually planning on doing a photo shoot and getting the merch done for the network, um, adding more content creators and stuff like that to the network. This I'm trying to build my own YouTube, you know, you know, yes, <laughs> you know, because media empire. Yes. Yes. And it, it's, it's, everything is owned 100 percent by me. And, you know, you don't have any restrictions to have 100 subscribers to make money, start making money, you can just start making money right away. So I got a lot of shows that's actually being um, created right now. And, you know, we're just going to keep moving forward. I got music coming out. As yeah. Well, other projects with other artists. So it's going to be a good year next year. I can say that. Definitely. Well, thanks for asking. Yes, reaping reaping the harvest from all that you've planted. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Well, congratulations to you. I'm just so proud of you. And I think um, that's so important in terms of, well, it's a few things. The ownership piece of our own platforms, but also... um, being diverse in skill sets is so important. Um, yeah. And just having like multiple outlets and, and streams. Um, not, I, I would say revenue streams. Well, yes, multiple revenue streams, but also like multiple passions, right? Like right, stream right. passions that you're pouring into. Yeah, it's a lot. We got music, pod, other podcasts. We got um, yeah. um, short films. I, I know a lot of independent artists that need to get the you know, projects out there. So why not do it on mm. my platform? Exactly. Yeah. So it is not about me, it's about you. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm trying to turn the tables right. now. I'm trying to turn the tables now. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's get right into your like, story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask questions. Though, if <laughs> no, no, that's cool. You can ask all the questions. <laughs> uh, um, so let's let's start with the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us where did you grow up? Tell us about the household structure, mom, pops. You got any siblings? Yeah. Um. So I adore my family. Um, very close knit family, both my immediate family and extended family. So, uh, my story starts before me, like 
I have to just start with my parents because their love is so beautiful. So my parents are both from Troy, Alabama, and they're high school sweethearts. And um, when they got married, well, went to college, got married right after college. They went to college in Alabama, and then they moved to New Jersey uh, and had me. So I'm the eldest out of three children. Um, I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Notice I said Trenton, like people who are really, who are from Trenton. We don't say Trenton. We say Trenton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, born in Trenton, New Jersey. And then when I was five, my parents moved us, um, to a, a suburb, not too far from Trenton called Robbinsville. Um, and then I was five, my brother and sister, Chad and Chelsea were born, so they're twins and yeah, you, you want to know about like the family structure and things like that. Yeah. I just want to know like how, how, how was it growing up under the, your parents' household and you know, yeah. was they strict, you know, like, stuff yeah. That, stuff that. yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, the reason why I talk about my parents, one, because the love that they have for each other, I think that that just shapes our family so much. Um, that's why I start with them. Um, I've never seen, you know, a couple that just knows each other, one another as well as they do. So I think that is important to talk about as I think about like my child rearing, um, and just how that love like permeates. I will say we, we didn't come from a family that was like very mushy gushy, like, Oh, I love you. Like all that stuff. <laughs> like, that's not our MO. Yeah. But, um, but in terms of action and showing love through action and showing up for one another, like that's the way that I've learned love. And, you know, actually that's now that I think about it, that's the way I show love through, through action and doing for others. Um, so yeah, so there's that, uh, we also, by my family being from Alabama, even though we were in New Jersey, I would say like very much a Southern household from down from their accents. So we went back to Alabama all the time, um, multiple times a year growing up and, um, spending summers in Alabama, spending holidays. Um, so yes, I was born and raised in New Jersey, but Alabama is definitely, definitely uh, home to me or is home to me. Um, and in terms of my parents, like they were, they were strict to a point, not like overbearing, but um, my, especially my mother stayed on us, like on top of us schoolwork wise, um, just instilled a sense of discipline in us. But, you know, I will say, after a while, um, I think a lot of the pressure was actually more one self-inflicted and two, um, it came as a result of the environment that I grew up in. So I mentioned I was born in Trenton, right? Which is primarily black. Um, my parents moved us to Robbinsville after, um, like I said, I was five. Robbinsville is a very predominantly, uh, white area, which is, which is nothing, wrong with that but as a young black girl being one of three i literally was one of three black girls from kindergarten through like 10th grade i think we may have gotten some more <laughs> it was like so five it's a culture shock 
Yeah, maybe it was like five of us by the time we graduated. <laughs> um, yeah, tell more about that. How, how was it moving? Yeah, that that was definitely very interesting. Um, and, you know, I didn't even think of, think much of it, right? And this goes into just like, I was actually just teaching a Bible study about um, uh, race, like race and religion. But, you know, you think about it like, kids don't think about race. Like I, 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 but I do remember the first time I actually had to think about race, which was when I was in third grade and, um, I was getting on the school bus. We had to take the school bus to, to school. And I don't know if you ever taken the school bus, but that's actually a very traumatizing. And maybe this is just the introvert in me, but that's a very traumatizing thing because you're like you're standing at the front of the school bus, especially if you're the last one to get on. I was the last one to get on this day. You had a Forrest Gump experience. Yes, where you can't. Where there's nowhere to sit, and nobody. Well, no one wants you to sit next to them, and so I'm standing in the front of the bus, just hoping somebody will scoot over for me. I I see a seat next to my neighbor who literally lives maybe three houses away from me, and he puts his hand over his seat and he says, you can't sit here. I'm allergic to black people. And I was like, "What?" yes. And so, you know, third grade, so I was like eight, like my eight year old self was like, what? Like, hold on. No, I'm good. <laughs> That's my dad. Oh, okay. Um, so yes. So I want a chicken sandwich. Go ahead. I know. Right. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that was the first time I really had to deal with race and just understanding like, why, why am I different? You know, we're neighbors, like, this is crazy to me. Well, you know, like it just made no sense. And so ever since then, especially from elementary through middle and high school, I felt this need to prove people wrong. Um, he was like, I'm allergic to black people. You know, that happened. There were other times where classmates confronted me like oh like black people aren't as smart or y'all only eat fried chicken or I've seen I even saw like I had classmates who wore blackface to to school during Halloween like because they thought it was funny to dress up as Flava Flav like stuff like that um where I always felt like I had to uh advocate for all black people like I said there's only one of three black girls maybe like four black boys in our grade and i just felt a need to prove people wrong to be like hey actually we are really smart and we're beautiful and brilliant and and that's when i got into athletics i ran i started running track in middle school like and we're also really athletic and like you know just more so i can i can excel and do even more than you right and so i say all that to say like my parents definitely were on us and kept a certain structure, but a lot of it became me feeling this need, like this unspoken need. No one ever said that to me explicitly, but like I felt this need to, you know, based off various encounters I had to uh, prove people wrong and just excel in all facets of life. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, with me, it was a little bit more different with me because Mm -hmm. first of all i have uncles that was like ex-black panthers <laughs> mm. so they, they, they still this thing and you know when you actually are young like look here it's, this world out here is it's not what this, this ain't disney channel 
No, it's my Disney Channel. Yeah. yeah and you know my my father, um, he's also from down south as well. He's what's oh, what part? Uh, Savannah, Georgia. And my mother mm. is from um, uh, Durham, uh, North Carolina. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where at in Durham exactly? I can't remember where at in Durham. I just know Durham. That's where okay. My whole family is from. <laughs> Did we ever talk about that? I don't know if we've talked about that. No, nah, I don't think we ever talked about that. You know that's where I lived at for three years in Durham. Right, 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 right. Because you know, I was in grad school. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about it a little bit. We didn't really dive into it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Savannah I, and Durham. Got yeah, it. yeah. So I always grew up with this whole knowledge yourself type of background and how the world receives you and stuff like that. Yeah. And when I went to school, uh, I went to school with other minorities. The the only ca- Caucasian folks were. I had in my life were my teachers. Mm. I, there wasn't no classmates that was white. It was all black, Hispanic, Asian, and a little sprinkle of Native American. I can make mm. jokes about it because I'm, I'm half Native American myself. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. so it was a little sprinkle of Native American. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, my world was totally different um, from that. Mm. But, you know, while you were in school, I, I know was was um Sports like was it like it? It sounded like it was an escape for you. To oh get yeah. Away from all the nonsense that was the racism, the nonsense around you. That was an escape for you. It was like therapy for you. Exactly. Yeah. You you nailed it right on. Introvert, definitely a quiet kid, rule follower. You know, even though I was feeling these things. Um, I never really, ex- well, obviously I expressed it to my parents, family, but, um, you know, never was the one to actively like speak out and like condemning these things. Right. Um, especially through middle school and high school, um, maybe a little bit more in high school actually, but yeah, sports was a way for me to release, um, especially running. I started running. I always played basketball since probably like second or third grade. Um, But I really got into track around fifth and sixth grade and realized I was fast. And so that was a time for me um, really to just let it all out literally on the track. I, um, to this day, I, still run um like I ran through college and 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 still run when I can now and like the way I explain it to people is that feeling after a workout like after you finish your run for me like that is when I have the clearest mind like that yeah. like everything's just whoo like everything's just left your body because you've literally given this workout your all so I'm like I am physically depleted, but like, I'm also spiritually like that's the clearest. And that's for me, like when I hear, um, and, and discern and, and, and just process things, um, in the clearest form possible. So I don't think if you would have asked me that, or would I have been able to explain that in middle school? No, but I, I just didn't, I wouldn't have been able to put a name to those feelings, but that's definitely even some of the feelings that I was experiencing, so Back when I came there, was you, was you like any good in basketball? You know, was you like <laughs> Candace Parker or somebody? Like, oh, I no. thought, <laughs> yo, me and my girlfriends, 
because I think we may have been in like fifth grade, sixth grade when Love and Basketball came out. Oh, that's my movie right there. Great movie. We watched Love and Basketball. Oh my gosh, probably like thirty or forty times. But we just knew we were going to the WNBA. We were going to play at um in South Carolina. Like what's her name, Monica in the movie? We were going to the W. You couldn't tell us nothing. <laughs> yeah, you just going you, in, like in the games, like Liberty games. Yeah, we used to go to the Liberty games. We were here in Jersey. Um, so I was okay. I was not. I wasn't a great shooter, so like, I, I was a great defender, get up and down the court, but terrible shooter. Um, so once high school came around, I'm like, you know what? Let me just focus on track full time. Well, well, don't feel bad. I, I was not good either. I played, <laughs> I played basketball, and football as well. I was uh-huh. better in football high than, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was actually better in football than actually basketball. I, I was high in basketball. I was high. I'm sure you held your own. I, I, I give you a couple of Shaq moves real quick, but as of that, I was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> was, was, there, was there any other, um, like, just staying, just sticking with school? Was there any other, um, like, uh, classes that you were actually into? Was you like a, more like an English person, math person, science? Oh, okay. I love history. Oh, see. I love history, I love and history. I really, yeah, like. History is just, yeah, it's just an amazing one. It's just so critical to know where you came from, right? Like going, going back to like, you know, Sankofa, which I know is a pop, you know, popular um, Ghanaian term that uh, people refer to, but like, I really do believe in the power of Sankofa bird, right? You have to look back in, in order to know where you're going. Um writing I always love like English and writing I um I actually do you know get my thoughts out like through writing like I love journaling so I've always loved writing and learning history nice, nice. Mm-hmm. so um what was your actually what would you actually pitched yourself in, in, in school what should you see yourself going what you actually wanted to be when you actually get to uh college and stuff like that yeah i wanted so i went through two um i guess phases in terms of vocations i thought i was going to go into uh, i really thought i was going to be a broadcaster like a broadcast like journalist which is funny given like i said i definitely am an introvert but you know i don't mind i could be on for a little bit you know like if you give me a set time like this right 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 <laughs> You talk to me for an hour. You need me to do like, like a conversation for a little bit, like a set amount of time. I I love that. I can do that, um, but I do you know need to regroup um, and go back into my my little quiet corner and, and recharge. So at first, I thought I was going to be a journalist. Um, you know, wanted to be a news anchor, intern at a news station in high school in the beginning of college, and had a lot, quite a few mentors that I made during those two or three years that were actually like, don't do it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't do it. Broadcast journalism is changing, which it, I mean, it has. That was back in like 2008, 2009, like oh, yeah. 10. You know, things things are different. Um, so then I thought I was gonna, going to be an attorney. I really wanted to be a lawyer. I can see that. I can see, I can see that. Really? Yeah, I can see you being an attorney. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Put your little order on. Yeah. That's you going on. I see you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought I was going to be an attorney for a while. Um, but, you know, I, it's funny. I always loved athletics. Always, like, like I said, I was an athlete since a, a young girl. But I never realized you could work in sports. So I will say, you know, the NBA, I kind of fell into the NBA, like, happened to be recruiting at my college um, my junior year and you know the rest is history after um interning at the league so but yeah i thought i was gonna be a journalist and then a, an attorney that. i'm actually i'm actually taking up a sports broadcasting and media science right now at full cell university so I'm, oh wow yeah i'm trying to like learn i'm trying to be an on-air personality but I really want to know what's going on behind the scenes, especially starting this network. <laughs> so, like, what's yes. going on? What I do? All the technical aspects. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm taking up right now. Um, that so that is that a one year, two year program? Uh, it's a two year program. It's a bachelor's. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I started in May, so doing good, doing good. Okay. Well, I'm a nerd, so I'm always <laughs> curious, like. You know, let me see your syllabi. What are you reading? Like, always curious to know, like, what new things you're learning. So, oh, please share. Um, so, after high school, let's go into college. So, I know you went to mm. Pennsylvania, right? Uh, yep, oh, UPenn. UPenn. Tell us about the experience at UPenn. Ooh, we had a time. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lord, this is live. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pastor now. I don't know if I can be talking about. Was you really nervous starting? You know? <laughs> was you really nervous starting? Like going to uh, going to college? Yeah, yeah. Was you nervous? Like you... no. You know, I um, I went to school an hour away from where I lived at, and uh, and that was that was I will say that was purposeful. Um, I knew I wanted to be in a city, so I I was looking at schools in New York. I was looking at um, schools in Philly. I did look at some like upstate schools, upstate New York schools, but um, ultimately landed on landed on UPenn. So I wasn't nervous. Sorry, is there, a, do you hear a feedback on your end? Not out of my end, no. Oh, I wonder what that is. Um, I just hear like a weird, like a slight echo on my end. Um, but yes, yeah, so I wasn't nervous because I, I kind of had that like padding of knowing that I was just an hour away, if that makes sense. Um, but going in freshman year, I had a time, couldn't tell me nothing. I was on the track team, hanging out with all the other athletes. Um, Philly, my first time living in a big city. And the great thing about Penn is it's its own campus, but you are in the heart of Philly. So you get to, you see a lot of things. I've seen everything from, unfortunately, like a shootout on my campus to like, you know, like parades just happening like randomly through the park. Like it's, you're in the city. So um, it, it was a time. So my freshman year was great. Definitely had fun during orientation, partying. That was the first time I, Got introduced to Greek life, um, oh. you know, 
saw the the Kappa shimmying the party, like all that stuff. So that's always fun. <laughs> so you can say you had a little freedom, you know. You had to yeah. About, you know, you had to worry about moms and all that. Yeah. Even though, back up a little bit. Yeah, even though um, since I was so close, I didn't think about this. My parents did show up whenever they wanted to. <laughs> oh, they stuck up on you, like, all right. Yeah, especially my mama. Um, but that I was grateful for that. So yeah, freshman year was great. Um, sophomore year went online. So I'm a Delta best sorority, Delta, Delta Sigma Theta sorority incorporated. So went online my sophomore year. So like that took up a lot of time, as you can imagine. Um, so that whole year is up social nation it's your boy jeff the owner and host of social conversations and i'm here to tell you about our new sponsor for season three holistic remedy holistic remedies is a black owned cbd company that creates natural products to make sure you feel good their catalog includes 150 milligrams cbd healing bomb 25 milligrams cbd honey and engage sticks and hemp seed body butters and six extraordinary scents each product is handmade with love to relieve eczema pain um arthritis lupus general soreness and many more holistic remedies is giving everybody in social nation 10 percent off that's right 10 percent off on all their products all you gotta do is type in the promo code at the checkout, and the promo code is HR Meat Saucy. Again, HR Meat Saucy. Go and support uh, Holistic Remedies, which is a black owned company, and also keep supporting Saucy Conversations. We appreciate all the love and support. Thanks a lot. kind of like a blur to be honest and then trying to balance that with track um was definitely was definitely a a memorable time but junior and senior year back in action you know especially once you're greek going through philly having a wonderful time um it was it was great and then you know i studied communication so grateful for the the educational opportunities grateful for i also was an urban studies major so like urban education um got a chance to like really have practical classes like a lot of my classes were actually going out into the city like i taught in a high school um met with like various nonprofits and things like that actually intern at a local um like media company at one point as part of my communications major so you know, Penn was great for, it was a lot of like real life application, not just from a social perspective, because you were, you know, 1920 living in a city. So you, you know, there's things you got to like grow up on, right? Like grow up about, right? And, yeah. and mature on. But then also from an educational standpoint, um, a lot, like I said, a lot of real life application, um, at least, you know, as much as you can do as a college student. Right. So I did um, appreciate that. And, um, you know, we also had this thing called Spring Fling, which was really fun. Have you heard of that by any chance? It sounds like Spring Fling, like BT or something. Wait, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Spring Fling is a week long party in April on campus that culminates in a big concert. So, 
while I was in school. Snoop Dogg came, Kid Cudi, uh, who else? We had, you know, like, like pretty, like, good names. Um, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar came at one point. That was before he, like, really, really blew up. So we had uh, we had some, some good times. Yeah. Okay. College was great. I had to, whew, after I graduated, though, I had to get right, get back with the Lord, because definitely, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that is part of my, t- I'll, I'll tell anybody this, like, that's actually part of, like, my testimony, my call story, I def, you know, I was, I, I don't think I was any worse or abnormal than any other college student, but I will say, um, growing up in the church, right. That was a big part of my childhood. And then when I went to college, definitely lost touch there, um, spiritually from a pure, like priority standpoint, it was really just school track, delta socializing right and like not really leaving room for church or anything and so when i rebellious like a little bit because you know as teenagers we get a little rebellious and all the stuff we were taught since the creator "Ah, whatever you (laughs) know it wasn't even a rebellious and i agree with that i do think a lot you know i've seen that happen it wasn't even like rebellious um whether it be intentional or unintentional it was purely just like i didn't have time like you know like and that sounds crazy, like, and that's in the selfish, right? And I did have time. How do you not have time, right, right, to to create space for your spirituality? But you know, in my nineteen twenty year old mind, I'm like, oh well, this is all like more important, and I don't have time to get up on Sunday, or I don't have time to go to Bible study, or even just like waking up in the morning and praying, like, don't have time for that. Like, it was just it in hindsight doesn't make any sense but in that moment right I just was like oh that can just take a back burner and then when I graduated I realized yes like I just graduated from my dream school I have my dream job at the NBA all these things like on paper it should be great but in reality I was very depressed when I graduated I was very depressed and it was because I'd been especially for like that first year after um I graduated so I graduated in 2013 like that first year like 2014 like in trickling in 2015 like I was just pouring into all the wrong things that just weren't making me happy and I felt like I had to continue um I mean I was working very very hard you know new at a, at a new job which I absolutely loved like at the league so I'm working hard in that but then I'm also like pouring into, you know, prioritizing the social scene and going out all the time and feeling like I need to be on the scene and be in the mix. But I just wasn't being, I wasn't pouring into myself and I wasn't being filled spiritually. And so I was just depleted and lost. And so um, that's a long-winded answer if you ask about my college experience. But yeah, like, and I, you know, I, I think a lot of people, if you ask, like, my friends or anybody who knew me during that time, like, no, like, Amber is fine. No, like, I was, I was sad, like, very sad. I mean, I tried to mask it, but, um, yeah, that, that was a hard, hard time, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, you're not the only one, you know, you know, put on that mask, you no. Know. I know a lot, especially myself. You know, just you know, just going through everyday life and stuff like that. Yeah, and you're doing other things that's not making you happy. So 
you know, you really got to put on this mask to actually go to these places. Like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And, and then, you know, yep. <laughs> behind the scenes, you're like, you, you're balling up and you're crying, you're trying to figure things out. Like, and like you, like you mentioned, you did, like you said, like you didn't have any time for like uh, church and stuff like that. You know, with me, when I came a teenager, I was the rebellious one. You know, I, mm. I'm a pastor's son. So you know, it's like you're growing up like a fish in a fishbowl. Everybody looking at you, like, oh, where are you going? Uh, is he going the right path? You going the right managing your every move. Yo, it was crazy. So that type of pressure, I can't even actually do it because I felt like I couldn't be myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's like hell with this. I'm gonna go do my own thing and start getting into other things that was unnecessary and and was um becoming a person that um mm. i really didn't think that i would actually be <laughs> during that time you know just getting wow. treats and stuff like that gangs and, yep. and all that good and all that other bad stuff that actually plague our community today but um before i came back in the truth but uh yeah but I, in I, that moment though you know that I'm assuming, like, did you know in that moment that that wasn't who you were, at least in, I, I do believe in, I do think at people's core, you are who you are, but I do think people go through seasons, right, where you're just, you're different versions of yourself, right? Yeah, well, with me, so, what, what turned me off about uh, church, it, it was the stuff that was going on inside of church mm-hmm. that nobody's really addressing. You know, you see people, members of the trustee board stealing money. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you've seen teenagers in the church having sex inside the church. Yep. You, you've seen uh, grown folks cursing <laughs> in front of you. So all this hypocrisy is going on inside the church, but we don't want to address it. it. They don't want to address it, and they want to go out in the world and actually recruit people <laughs> into the church. Exactly. Or criticize other people criticize who won't other people. join the church. Exactly. And dump their Bible. You ain't supposed to be doing this. And you ain't supposed to be doing that. But you ain't doing it in your own damn church. That's exactly. a problem. You know how much of a, excuse my language, a mind fuck that is? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, how do you reconcile? You know, as like a teenager, as a kid, you're like, how do I reconcile all of this? Yeah. And then, and then you're like, hell with this. I'm going to go find my own way. And, and, you know, I believe, like, the most high is uh, your life is actually crafted the way he wants it to be. Mm. And, and during that way, he's going to um, test you to see where you're going to go. But at the end of the day, he already knows the ending of the story. And he, he knows whether you're yeah. going to pass the test or not. So yeah. I believe uh, whatever you go through in life, it's just a test. And whatever decision you make, you know when you make the wrong decision. Because mm-hmm. you keep digging yourself in the hole. But when you start making the right decisions, everything starts. Aligning. Yeah, aligning and coming to life. And, and that's the light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. the most high don't make mistakes. So whatever you've no. actually been through your life, is actually made for you to go through that stuff. And he knows yeah. you better than he knows himself. Exactly. Yeah. That's so real. Um, and also the discernment to like stay on course with whatever your actual path is you right. gotta have discernment yeah and, to you gotta pray for guidance too mm-hmm. you gotta pray for guidance actually have the most high pray to him and actually guide your footsteps yeah and once you do that then he starts sending you signs he gonna tell you what the answer is he's like look you got different no. options figure it out <laughs> <laughs> he 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you have all the tools you need to figure it out. Exactly. So, so figure, figure it. it out. Because he's going to send the devil to actually trick you on some things to see if you're going to make the same mistake you actually did. Mm. So after college, um, that's when you started working for the NBA or did you have any other jobs before that? Mm-hmm. I started working for the NBA right after I graduated. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Tell about that process, how you became part of the NBA family. Yeah, so like I said, it, I, I really fell into it because I interned at the NBA my junior year. And then, um, oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, we just happened to be recruiting on our campus and then came back after I graduated as an associate, which is our um, recent college graduate program. You train for a year with four different departments and then they send you out into the world, the NBA world, and, you know, you get a full-time position. So um, I grew up with the NBA. Like, you know, whenever I think about my time, like my early experiences there, like literally came of age. Like that's where I learned about business and that's where I had my closest friends, right. In my twenties. And that's where I had a chance to like explore various ideas, like created cool initiatives and, you know, um, created the dream and color. Like I, I co-founded dream and color with, um, you know, one of my friends, like was that in 2016? Right. So, you know, when I think about like my early years at the NBA, I'm just grateful because it was, no place is perfect, and I know you know we can talk about. <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, right. But I I'm so grateful because it truly is a place where um I was able to uh you know spread my my wings and be, like I said being able to dream up dope ideas and while everything may not be able to, you know, come to fruition, like had a chance to, you know, pour into some really great passion projects and meet amazing people like yourself. Um, I I do. And I still stand by this now that I'm back, like the NBA truly has some of the most special people that you'll ever encounter. Um, So that's how I fell into it. I did used to work in our sponsorship group. So doing marketing partnerships, um, and then, you know, I left in 2018 and then it came back and now in the day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like so many that summer, like so many people left that summer. Yo, a lot of people left. A lot of people left that summer. You, Crystal, Tyler, everybody. Yeah, it was like a, a, a mass, mass exodus, mass wave. It was um, time to grow. It's time to grow some more. Yeah. And what I'll say about that is, you know, I didn't leave. You know, when you, you know, something's done like the season, like your season in a particular place, whether it be a place, an assignment, a job, a relationship, right? Like, you know, and I, I just had this, I hear God like in my, in my ear and I'm just like, all right, I know it's time. I did all I could do in this season. Um, so yeah, so I left and, and I, I answered my call to ministry and went to get my master's in divinity and, you know, let's talk about that. You, you went back to, yeah, went to Durham, North Carolina. Yes. Oh, being a, a hot girl in the South. <laughs> it was great. 
we used to, oh, I miss Durham. We used to, um, oh, I miss my friends from down there. Every Thursday, we used to go, like, to this local restaurant. They had, like, karaoke and stuff there. But we would get lemon pepper wings and Hennessy every Thursday. <laughs> Tradition. Yeah. Like, so stuff like that. Um, it was also just nice especially after working in new york city for what five six years um it was nice to move down south and have a slower pace of life so i'm really grateful for that um my time at duke was phenomenal like that was and then being in seminary is a very getting your master's in divinity is a very interesting degree because people are like well what do you do do you just read the bible like a billion times, you know, from like front to back. But yes, you do read the Bible. But, you know, a lot of it is you're learning about a lot of history around the formation of the church and all the good, the bad, the ugly that comes with that. You're learning about other religions. Um, so I took time to read, you know, learn about the Quran, learn about the Torah, right? Like, because the point of seminary is to expose you, like I said, to all elements, especially in, when you're in divinity school, like all elements or as much as you can in your three years, all aspects of um, religion. So like it's it was both an academically challenging time. I actually read so much and we had so much reading that I never wore glasses until I got to seminary. <laughs> I had to get glasses after my, um, uh, like my first year. So yeah, it's a lot of reading. Um, so it's, it's an academically challenging time, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, but it's also a spiritually challenging time. So you hear, and I saw it with some of my classmates, you know, it's a Christian school, it was all based in Christianity, even though we are, you know, like I said, we are learning about other religions, um, Christian based, but I, I have some classmates and I've heard this with other people who've gotten their masters in divinity who actually end up turning away from Christianity during their time there. And I, and it's because your beliefs are being challenged in different ways and they want, you know, they want your beliefs to be challenged. Cause right. Like the point is for you to wrestle with the faith. It's not supposed to be spoon fed to you. You're it's meant for you to wrestle and be challenged. So I know classmates and heard of stories of people turning away, you know, converting to other religions, just so many things. Like it's a spiritually challenging time. Um oh, absolutely. So. absolutely. Like I, I grew up Baptist, so mm-hmm. you know, what I was taught from the cradle and actually rebellion and actually coming back actually trying to find where I belong um there are a lot of um like you said challenges and yeah and it 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 goes very very deep because you know I have to find who I really am who who my nationality is and and stuff like that because being African-American is not nationality (laughs) you know it can't be at two places at once you know so it's like it's like you know you got to really really go study mm. and really really you know dive into find out because when i when i find out i was actually really jew bloodline jew 
it was around me the whole time, but I never asked any wow. questions. Wow. And that's as young people, that's the issue. If you have elders, you got to talk to them. You gotta talk to them because the answer is right in front of your face. Yeah. And I would underscore that, like, especially to your listeners, talk to your elders, take videos of them when they're talking. Cause it's like, that's our history. We have to document our history. So it's not only talking or an oral history is very powerful. So yes, that, but like also as much as possible as you can, if you can record our elders talking about things and sharing stories, like that is invaluable. Absolutely. You got to talk to the elders because they would actually open doors for you that you, <laughs> and actually, yeah. Have you confounded or what you actually didn't know? I didn't know I had like a family history book on my father's side. It's actual from day one. Like a physical we, book. A physical school book. Like once we came, all the records, once we came off the, the wow. slave ships doing a transatlantic slave trade from yes. day one all the way to present. I didn't even know that at all. So wow. I actually had a question. I had to ask my, one of my aunts on my father's side, do we have like a family? He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, Wow! Like, oh my God! It was the answers was in front of me the whole time. Right there. Right there. Mind blown. See that family reunions important. Say that one more time. Family reunions are important. Yeah, they are, and and sharing documents like that during reunions are important. You know, when you were talking about that, and then when you said, um, "How'd you phrase?" He said, "Being African American, it's no, um." African American, like African American, is not a nationality. It's like yeah, it's not a nationality. Places, it's like being yep. two places at once. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. and like that made me think of the. Um, I feel like I've been seeing this quote even more recently, but you know the James Baldwin quote where he's like, "Being African American is African without any memory, and then American without any privilege." Right, like that. It's so real. And the term African American is not that old. It came it actually recreated in the eighties by Jesse Jackson when he joined for president. And yeah. before that, he was called Negro. He was called Colored before that. So what? Yeah. Actually, have nationality. So we got a little. You know, That's like they like the saying is the best thing to hide anything from a black person is what, put it in the book. Yeah. And you got to go to the library. Yeah. Because the answers is out there. And that's it. You got to start there. You got to start there. Um, and we have to be intentional about what we're reading. Right. What sources you're getting this stuff from. The actual right sources. Yeah. I agree with you. All right, um, so after you actually uh, you went to uh, graduate school, right? Correct? Mm-hmm. So after you finished that, uh, you came back to an MEA. And you, and I did. And now you're a manager for social uh, responsibility department. Tell us about that. Tell us about what you do. And yeah. Stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So I graduated in May 2021. Um, you know, it's funny because if you would have asked me when I originally left in 2018, I would have said, oh, no, like, that's it. I never thought I was coming back to the NBA, not for anything bad, just to that point about the season being done. I was like, oh, I'm done with that season. Um, so NBA, especially over the past two years, has really gotten into um, leaning into social justice and social impact work. And so that's the reason why I came back. Um, 
I, uh, during my time in seminary at, at Duke at divinity school, what I really focused on was faith rooted, um, organizing community, organizing advocacy work. And I really got, especially in the midst of the pandemic was, you know, getting in the weeds of organizing, especially across, I came back to New Jersey for a little bit where I'm from, um, especially in the midst of New Jersey, uh, organizing marches, advocating for, I worked on a lot of um, like three or four different pieces of, of legislation that I was, I was helping lobbying around advocating for. So really just getting in the weeds of um, and developing like rule, not developing, I already had the passion for it, but really feeding my passion uh, for advocacy work. And so once I graduated and um, was presented with this opportunity at the NBA to help with our social justice programming, it was a no brainer for me. Like I still love sports, love the NBA. And the reason why I came back is because um, if you look at it, even just by the numbers, obviously most of our players are black, what, 80% of our players. And then most of our fans are black. And so in the midst of coming off the heels of the pandemic and the multi pandemics that we've had, right, of racial injustice. I mean, police brutality isn't new. It's not new. It's just recorded now. But, you know, coming off these pandemics of that, um, the rise in health equity, well, that's not new either. It's just getting exacerbated by the pandemic. So all these things, um, all these different injustices that we saw in the midst of the pandemic, um, I felt a duty to, I had, I felt a duty to give back in one of two ways. I had an option to either stay more on the grassroots level and continue organizing on that front. Or, you know, when I was presented with this opportunity to go back into corporate America, um, I could then, you know, go to a place that was obviously heavily resourced and, you know, think about justice from the inside out. And so that's why I decided to go back to the NBA. Um, and that's, you know, the lens that I always approach the work that I do. And um, when, you know, when you think about social justice, what that means for Marcy is, you know, pouring into programs that promote economic equity across black and brown communities, that promotes police reform, that promotes, you know, career advancement. We do a lot with HBCU. So like, those are the things that I'm focused on, but I'm always doing it from that lens of like a redistribution of resources to the most disadvantaged community. So that's what I do. And like, I, I love what I do. And, um, you know, I, sometimes, yeah, some of the days get hard and aggravating, but you know, I, I always just remind myself of why, you know, I came back and, um, you know, like the fact that like God has blessed me with an opportunity to be able to make even just a small impact, you know, through this sports platform. Absolutely. Uh, what is your, your five-year plan? Oh gosh. Um, five years professionally or personally or both. Let's, let's do both. Okay. I'll start professionally. Um, yeah, you know, I can't fully answer that. I do know 
I have a heart for social impact work. You know, I don't know if it's going to continue like being here, like on the corporate side and doing social impact. Like I said, I do enjoy what I do. Um, I do think long-term I would like to be overseeing, you know, a social impact group down the road. Um, or the other side of that is, you know, maybe going back into like the do good space and being a nonprofit and leading from that way. But, um, definitely staying in something related to social impact, um, advocacy and justice, uh, all while continuing to, so I'm a minister. So all while continuing to, um, you know, grow as a minister and then, you know, eventually pastoring a church of my own. So that's, like five-year plan, um, like vocational, vocation-wise. Personally, uh, five years, let's see, Hope and I got a family of my own by that point. Um, Want some babies, God willing. How many babies do you want? So I say two because I have a feeling I'm going to end up with an uh uh-oh baby and probably have three. I don't don't (laughs) want any more than three kids. (laughs) Two is safe. Two is safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's two, but knowing that, like, I probably will end up with three. Um, so yes, I want that. You know, I want to. What's your ideal man? Like, what characteristics you look for a man? Yeah, I actually. So the same way I'm very big on this. The same way you plan for your career, and we write down all our goals for career and educational aspirations. Like I, I've written down, you know, what I want or, you know, pray for in a partner. Um, so I have a list of, of a few things that are just non-negotiables for me. Those include one, um, you have to, you know, believe in God and not only just believing in God, but um, also like actively practicing. I need some, I need you to have a spiritual life of some sort, um, emotional and physical wellness. So I mentioned running, like I still run and work out. I need the same in my partner because not only do we need to be elevating spiritually, but we need to be elevating physically. Um, And then also like emotionally, right? So like, have you gone to therapy at some point? Or, you know, what is the outlet for, you know, wrestling with the feelings that you have and the emotions? So physical, mental, and spiritual wellness, um, empathy, empathy is really big for me. Um, I'm a feeler. That's why I'm in the vocation that I am, like it makes sense, but I, I need somebody that can also, I don't need you to be on the same level as me or have the same exact passions, but I need somebody who can empathize. So like that, that's a big thing. And then service, service oriented. So Whatever service means to you, uh, for example, like you said, you're in, you're building a media empire right now. So like, does that look like at when you get everything all in a pretty bow and you have everything fully blown, how are you giving back to the other little boys and girls who want to know more about producing podcasts or, you know, learning about producing music and things like that? Like, how are you giving back from a service oriented mindset? to the industry that you're in. So that's service. And then the last thing, um, 
I'll say is music. So I'm a really big music head. So it's funny, like, this is one, I don't care. It's one of my non-negotiables. You have to love music and you also have to enjoy live music and going to concerts and and things like that. Because I do think concerts and live music is just like, oh, it's just such an amazing experience. experience. And just to see people like coming together and the energies and the vibes uh it's just irreplaceable so what's your favorite type of music um i go back and forth right now i'm listening to i'm listening to a lot of r&b if you're listening to a lot of pj morton like r&b soul um i listen to a lot of gospel music i listen to you know, it's interesting. I haven't been listening as much over the past like month, but a lot of soca music. So I really like, um, I really, I'm not West Indian, but I love West Indian culture. Um, so I listen to a lot of soca music normally. Um, but yeah, so R&B, gospel, soca. Yeah, yeah I'm R&B. I'm like old school R&B, like Uncle R&B, like Temptation. Yes. You know, okay. You know, uh, Uncle Charlie, he, you know, Earth, Wind, Fire. Yes, a lot of Earth, Wind, Fire. 90s R&B as well, my 112s, my Jagged Edges and all that, you know. I, a good I, I, 90s R&B playlist. 90s yeah. R&B is, is the best. That and 70s R&B, oh my God. Yes, I do I have a good 70s R&B playlist that I I'd normally vibe out to. 70s R&B, you know, 80s is cool, but like 70s and 90s. 70s is the most sample era. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Miss um, Amber Sky, I would like to thank you oh. for being on the show. Um, many more to come. It's not the first. That's not the first and only time you're going to be on the show. Okay. And hopefully, I would like to have you back on the show as well. We got any other projects you're working on, I'd like to promote it on this platform. As you're officially a social alumni, so you can actually come on the show. Like, yeah, like, I got I got this coming. I got HBCU coming up. What's up? You know, so just, just oh, uh, you know, I'll be back to promote that. You know, we gotta promote the HBCU game. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, you're an amazing person. Um, more power and blessings to you. And I pray that the most I actually keep continue to bless you and your ministry, and um, also guiding others on how to get and find themselves in this world this evil world that's about to come to an end real soon but um more power to you thank you so much and um i'm very very grateful right now oh i'm so grateful for you and blessings to you this is ministry giving people a platform to be able to share their experiences and sharing your gifts this is a form of ministry. So I also, I pray for continued covering for you and um, continued blessings. And just, again, I'm very grateful for the time and for you. Thank you so much for that. Everybody, that's the end of Social Conversations Season 5, Episode 5. Make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, hit that bell to get notifications when we drop new episodes. Also, if you'd like to send donations to the show, you know, the doors of the church is actually open right now. Woo. So <laughs> the dollar sign, Social Nation 18, is on the ticket below. Make sure you actually 
support the show, support our sponsors, yes. Holistic Remedy, Black-owned company as well. They got body creams, body oils, and all that stuff. You know, we're in the pandemic, you're always washing your hands, and your hands be all ashy and stuff like that. So get it's some getting cold. Body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you head over to teespring.com. Uh, social conversations slash coast conversations and you actually can check out all the official merch that we have we get it's getting cold out there so we got we got t-shirts we got hoodies you know we got socks and we got something for the pets so we got pet hoodies uh, you know some of y'all got pets got dogs and cats so you, you know the winter time is coming so make sure you get you a pet hoodie a social conversation pet hoodie. you know what i'm saying we got pillows we got curtains we got everything you need <laughs> you know so make sure you go actually go to support uh on teespring and also support the other uh, podcasts as well, social discourse. If you love sports, that's a great sports show for you. We'll be going in. But if you want to be on the show, you got to bring the facts. But um, that's the end of social conversations. Uh, peace and love, Miss The Real Amber Scott. Hey. And drop a saucy bomb on that one. And the good words of Fat Joe. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Peace and love, everybody. Hold on, Amber.
what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time.